Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Perfect music right there. I know. There. It's like the king and queen are going to come know, in. <laughs> I know. Glenn Burroughs is a family history expert. He's the owner of Norfolk Tours in England. He also runs Visit Breckland, uh, getting people to get to that beautiful area where there's Thetford Forest, and you can see his article on that in nationalparktraveling.com. But he's here on Big Blend Radio Champagne Sunday show, not only to give a champagne toast, but today he's going to talk about England's royal family on the front lines. He's got an article about it up on blendradioandtv.com. You'll also be able to see it on the summer issue of Big Blend Radio and TV magazine. And when you're on blendradioandtv.com, go to our expert department. You'll see Glenn there. And from there, you'll see all his different articles and past interviews with us. But most importantly, go to his website. If you're going to England, you've got to go see Glenn. And he will take you anywhere you want to go and show you things that are not the typical tourist traps. So check out norfolk-tours.co.uk. Glenn, welcome back. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Well, we're doing good. good. We got good champagne. We got El Cavallo champagne. Yeah. Thanks as well. It's actually Dark Horse champagne, but it's El Cavallo because you know John and Yvonne Peach. John's nickname growing up in in school was uh, Cavallo, which is Spanish for horse, Mexican for horse. That's because he was a football player. He was a a criminal football player from the where Mm -hmm. when they had. um, at one point, the Yuma Territorial mm-hmm. Prison here was um, actually the school when the school burned down, and they went to school there. And then the football team got called the criminals by the team in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> but anyway, I thought, you meant was, I thought you meant he was really, he was really a criminal. No, 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 no. He's a good man. He's a good man. <laughs> He's listening now. You're going to get us in trouble. Uh, He's also a force to be reckoned with. He is a force to be reckoned with. Trust me. Trust uh, me. But, Glenn, the royal family, you've got an addition, I hear. Yes, yes. Um, we haven't heard very much about him, really, because, you know, the Prince Harry is, is, is a little bit sort of quieter. And, and obviously, Meghan, they, they, they're keeping themselves to themselves. And, and actually, the new the new... Prince Archie, I don't know if he is a prince, actually. I think he probably is. Um, he's he's sort of quite a long way down the line of succession. So it's, you know, it's really, really unlikely that he's going to be an important royal. But, um, you know, he, he's still he's still the new the new kid on the block, so to speak. So he's, he's still quite important. And uh, it's lovely to see that he's uh, he's healthy and, and Meghan's healthy. So that's the main thing, isn't it? Mm, I know. You know, and it, she's actually, you know, there was all this scandal about her when the wedding was coming up, and I'm like, leave her alone. It's got yeah, nothing really. to do with you. Exactly. But I actually started reading about her, and she has, she's pretty cool, man. She's done a lot of things, a lot of positive things, and so I don't know where all that stuff comes from. But people get weird about things, you know, the news and the and the well, tabloids and everything. 
it's the gutter press, isn't it? You know, no matter who you are, it seems the gutter press will will either find something about you or they'll dig something up and make something up. But yeah. at the end of the day, yeah. you know, the, uh, as, as far as I'm concerned, you know, Prince Harry and Meghan, they're, they're falling in love with each other. They've got married. They've had a baby. And I say good luck to them. You know, they're, I agree. they're just another young, another young couple who deserve to be... Uh, to be left alone to get on with life, you know. And I think, and, and you know. And he served. He served. I mean, he, he was out here. Um, Prince Harry, when yeah. he, he was out in the area that we're in now, um, but he, he went and um, actually did his training out here and, and also in Southern California in the desert areas. And didn't he go to Afghanistan yeah. or he, he served? Yes. I mean, both the boys served in, in, uh, in actual combat. Um, you know, Prince Prince William served a lot on the uh, on the helicopters, getting people um, to and from hospitals and you know from the fields. So he didn't actually fight in in the front line. Um, I believe Prince Harry actually served you know relatively on on the front line, and mm. and so did Andrew. You know Prince Andrew, he he also did. He he served in the Falklands as a helicopter wow. pilot. Um, so all wow. the boys seem as if they they like flying helicopters, but you hey, know, I I would too. <laughs> um, Prince, yeah, Prince Prince Harry, he's he's definitely done his bit, you know. And it really annoyed me personally, you know, when when they were shouting about what he got up to in some hotel in America or something. He was playing poker or something. You know, at the end of the day, for pity's sake, he was a young man having fun with the lads. You know, let him get on with it. He's he's having a normal life, you know, which is is what it's all about. You know, let him yeah. let him live. Well, yeah, he's a young young guy. You know, I think it's got to be really difficult to be in the public eye like that. You know, and I think they the two boys have had such a time of it. You know, when with you know Lady Diana um, coming out, she was yeah. such a big sensation, and then of course her her the tragedy of her passing and how that happened. Yeah. They've been through yeah. a lot. I mean, it's just a lot. And then you let them blow off some steam. If you don't blow off steam and do some shenanigans when you're a youth, you're going to do it later, and that's then it gets really bad, <laughs> you know? So well, I'd, exactly. I'd say power to them, you know, because they've done a lot, and they've handled it I think they've um, handled things with dignity, and I think that the young, the two young couples, bring an air of positive refreshment to the royal family. Honestly, when you see photos of them, they just seem so positive and happy, and they, you yes. know, the I I think they're they're awesome, honestly, and they do yes. a lot for wildlife. And I, I think, yeah, I, I think for for most of us in England, I think we we feel really close to both them boys because. They do appear to be relatively normal, and they they mix with the general public, and they don't mind talking about stuff that the royals don't normally talk about, like mental health problems. You know, I really mm-hmm. do take my hat off to them because they talk about mental health problems, mm-hmm. and they do a lot. They do a lot for for people who suffer with 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 problems like that, or you know, post-traumatic stress with the army, um, with the Invictus Games. You know, when they they had the the games for the disabled. You know, it's it's I'm allowed to wow. say disabled now. I don't know. You don't know what you're allowed to say nowadays. But you know, they 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 have done so much for 
for people and they mix with the riffraff, you know, they mix with, as I keep saying, normal people, you know, but I mean, you know, men and women in in the countryside, you know, they don't just mix with the the hoi polloi, as we call them, you know, the uh, the posh people. You know, when you say riffraff, I think of riffraff from the Rocky Horror Picture Show, I just have to say. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good, that's a good term I, there. I count, In, I, count myself, I count myself amongst the riffraff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but when you, think, when you think back to the royal family um, and, and the lineage and, and, you know, now we've got queens, we've got kings, you know, yep. who, like, how do you know who's, what happens now? Like for in I mean, is there a like a how does that work? How do you know who's going to be the next king or queen? I'm very confused. Well, um, no, it's it's just it it normally goes to the eldest son, but just recently they've changed the rules so oh. that it will go it will go to the eldest children, to the eldest child. So it doesn't matter um, from. So from now onwards, it can go to any of the eldest children. So if, if the eldest child is a girl, then it will go to the girl. Whereas before, like for instance, um, Prince Charles and Princess Anne, you know, if Princess Anne was older than Prince Charles, it would automatically go to Prince Charles anyway. Because the the, the line of succession before, because you know the Queen had four children. She had Charles and Andrew and Edward, and the line of succession was Charles, Andrew, Edward, and Anne, because Anne was fourth, because she was a girl. Now that well, is really, really old-fashioned, but that is how the line of succession went up until really, really recently, which I think was, I think it was Prince William who got that changed, so that if hmm, his, oh. his first child. If his first child was a girl, and it weren't, it was George, but if his first child was a girl, then she would have been the next one in line. Wow. As opposed to, you know, say, for instance, they had a girl and then six boys, then the girl would be seventh in the old, wow. in the old-fashioned way because the girls always come after the boys. But it okay. doesn't work like that anymore. So anyway, the, um, the line of succession now is Prince Charles, then William, and then George, who is his eldest child. Okay. And then okay. And then Charlotte, who is his daughter. Mm. Then then it would then go to Harry, because Harry is Charles's second son, and then it will go to this new Archie. So this Archie is probably about I don't know seven something like that in line. Mm. Mm. Wow. Okay. So I get it. Mm. I get it now. That's cool. Well, I'm glad they included the ladies in there because that's important. They have now. You know? Yeah. It's, a, it's that's, a, good, that's a, a good thing. It's what they should have done. Should have done years ago. Yeah. Well, how did you get queens before then? If that was um, male children? No, male children? Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, for instance, Victoria, she she became queen because her uncle William didn't have any legitimate children. So it then went to the next youngest son, so Victoria's father who had died. It then went to his child, and he only had one child, and that was Victoria. So, you know, the um, 
the, the mm. throne came in a really roundabout sort of way because George III lived quite a long while. He was king for 60 years. So his his eldest son living when he died was George IV. George IV had a daughter. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. They're called Charlotte, and she died very young. So when George IV died, he didn't have any legitimate children. So it then went to his next brother, who was William. Um, William didn't have any legitimate children. So when he died in 1837, it then went to Queen Victoria because her dad was the next son and she was his only heir. So it it went quite a long way around to get to Queen Victoria. So would there ever be a circumstance where Meghan would become queen at all? If 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 Harry if Harry became king, then Meghan would... would be queen. Oh. But it would have oh. to go through it would have to it's got to go to Charles first, then mm-hmm. William, then George, then Charlotte, and I think William's got another child now. I I lose track of the new royals. Uh, and then Harry. So it's got to go through one, two, three, four, five wow. before it gets to Harry. Wow. Okay. He's so got there would no have chance. to be there would have to be some <laughs> there'd have to be some major disaster. It would be a major disaster if Harry became king. Yeah. No, it wouldn't sorry, it wouldn't be a major disaster if Harry became king. What I'm saying is all of William's family would have to be wiped out. Yeah, yeah that's something, something, something yeah. bad. Yeah. That's why I said he's got no chance of that. Mm. But because I mean, that would something really bad would have happened, you know, to, to yes, have that which, happen. No, nobody, um, nobody wants that. No, 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 no. no not at all. Now, it, speaking of King George uh, the Fourth, you talk about him in your article, um, and he spoke to the Empire on September third, nineteen thirty-nine. The Empire. You know, uh, no, that <laughs> we're not talking Star Wars. It sounds like Star Wars. <laughs> no. no. No, we're, we're talking about George the Sixth. Um, oh, sorry, not the, George the Fourth. Oh, duh. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I forgot how to read Georges. my Roman numerals. You know. Yeah, we've, sorry. we've got we've got so many Georges. That's okay. Yeah, it, oh. George the Sixth was the Queen's the Queen's father was George the Sixth, and and he spoke to the Empire in in 1939. Um, you know about the the war coming along, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, asking for the country to um, to be brave, but you know, they they were really this is the king and the the queen who then became the queen mother who died in 2001 2002 something like that. So the queen's mother, um, you know, they they done quite a lot during the war because they they visited a lot of people who had been bombed out in London, they stayed in Buckingham Palace and they were actually bombed at some point. And the, mm, wow. the Queen Mother the Queen Mother actually had a very famous quote saying that at last she could look the East End in the face because 
you know, <laughs> she always felt that she was a bit separate from the people who had been bombed out. You know, she used to go to see them and to, you know, give a word of, of hope to them. But after her house had been bombed, she said that she felt that she could actually have something in common with them. You know, oh, talk wow. to mm -hmm. them on a, on a par yeah. because they'd been through the same thing. So although obviously Buckingham Palace was a little bit different to a, an East End house, um, mm. she at last felt that she had something, you know, in common with the people because she had been bombed as well. You know, so yeah. they they did a, wow. they did a lot. They did a lot to raise morale. Mm. And I think you know when when somebody goes through something like that, um, then you can relate to people who have been through the same thing. And, you know, if you're yes. really, you're royalty and, and you're living apart from everybody else and bad things are happening to everybody else and not you, and you, and you come along as a royal person and say, I know how you feel, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to think, no, you don't. Yeah. But if you've been yeah, exactly. through the same thing, then you yeah. join yeah. together. Right. And so yes. the, you talk about the present queen back when when she was Princess Elizabeth, um, that yes. she trained as a driver and a mechanic uh, cool. as part of the auxiliary <laughs> territorial service. What was that like? A what? What exactly was that? That was um, for 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 women mainly. There were a lot of um, a lot of women who wanted to get out and do things, and they they did um, driving. So you, you had a lot of women who were drivers. Um, you had a lot of women who were mechanics. So had, there were a lot of women who did um, work in munitions factories, making bombs and things. Had a lot of women who were working on the land. So you know the uh, the land army girls. You had a lot of women who were actually out there doing lots and lots of things because in in those days, I mean it's it's different now, but women were not allowed on the front line. Mm. So women women wanted to do things, you know, obviously they'd always, well, since Florence Nightingale and before, they've always been nurses, but women actually wanted to do something. Mm. And they yeah. basically wanted to get their hands dirty. So the the Queen, as when she was princess, she actually did um, train to be a mechanic and a driver, and um, and she got her hands dirty. You know, she, she was one of the girls, and there are knew? lots and lots of pictures. Cool. I had no idea. I, I had no idea about, the, you know, when you look at her, and, you know, she's so regal. You know, and I, I love the Queen Mother, yes. too. I I love the Queen Mother. I thought she was just one of the sweetest, you know, coolest, mm -hmm. you know, just, I don't know. She just had this, she wore her heart on her sleeve, you know. Um, but, you know, when you mm -hmm. look at Queen Elizabeth now, you know, I, I had no idea she got her hands dirty. When you think of her, you know, in her dresses and her little purse and everything, you're like, I yeah, didn't yeah, know yeah. you yes. you did that. and. So this is all World War Two, mm -hmm. and at the same time when they're doing that over here in America, we had Rosie the Riveter get out there and do. You know, they were building ammunitions and bombs, and well, we, you know, the women had to step up. Yeah, I mean, because the men were all yes. at war. Yeah, so and we had so that was when women's lib. I think that's when it first started. Is they figured out mm -hmm. I can hold a job down and I can do the same thing as a man, and now I want my freedom. Yep. Power to us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And one thing that a lot of uh, American women did is they trained to be pilots, and they actually mm -hmm. flew a lot of the bombers and the aircraft over to England. Um, mm. That was that was 
sort of quite a normal thing for these women to be shipping aircraft over to the front line to to England. Funnily enough, this week I've had um, a lady over whose dad served in in Norfolk um, during World War II. Uh, he served in in a couple of airfields, and I was able to take her to the airfields. And her uncle actually served on the airfield where um, my daughter lives. So that was really nice that I was able oh. to take them take them to these airfields to see where their dad and where this lady's dad and her uncle um, actually flew from. And she was telling me um, that her dad actually flew his aircraft over to England. Um, he was wow. he, he was actually the pilot. He was the pilot who flew his Liberator over to England. Um, but she she was aware that they had women who were doing that job. So yes, I mean women were doing lots and lots of jobs during the war that actually meant that men could be out on the front line doing stuff that they weren't allowed, the women were not allowed to do, you know, because it just weren't done in them days. And and there were skills, too, that, you know, I think because women knew how to sew and things, that they were able to do the uniforms, and they were even able oh, to yeah. help in, with the machinery because of that, you know, doing tent kind of things, and um, there was yeah. just so much. And I, I find it really fascinating, but, I, again, I didn't know um, that, that Princess Elizabeth really got into it that much. But you talk yeah, about... Yeah. Um, that they really they had a, a message on children's hours. So was this a radio show? Yeah, I mean, obviously during that time there weren't televisions. Well, the televisions came in in the late 30s, but obviously there was nothing on the television during the war. Um, but there was radio, and the the Queen and, and Princess Margaret, her younger sister, um, they spent most of the war uh, in in Windsor and Windsor is on the outskirts of London because obviously um, it was very mm -hmm. dangerous to have children in, in the city centre. And a lot of um, everyday children, you know, the children in the East End, a lot of them were evacuated out to the country as well. But um, the Queen and Princess Margaret actually broadcast to the, the children of the country you know, to try and give them some moral support. You know, they they were evacuated the same as the other children were. Um, okay, they were evacuated to Windsor Castle, which is a bit special, but at the end of the day, they were still evacuated. And, you know, again, this is letting the, the people see that their royal family, who they respected, but they always felt were aloof, you know, completely away for them, they could actually see that their royal family were experiencing the same things as they were. And mm. and that then brings the whole country together, doesn't it? You know, if you as 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 Nancy said a little while ago, you know, once you realise somebody has been through the same thing as you have, then you've got that special relationship. And I think by the the princesses being evacuated to Windsor Castle, by the Queen and the King having Buckingham Palace suffer damage during a bombing raid, it then made everybody realise that, that actually it doesn't matter who you are or wh where you stand in the country, you're still going through the same. And that that must have been a great boost to morale. Mm. 
It's it's like when when you go to battle and the your leader, commander in chief, whatever you want to call the person on the field mm. on the ground, instead of saying, "Hey, you guys get out there and fight," and I'm going to sit back here and tell you what to do, and I'm just going to watch. There's that, yeah. and then there's the one who leads the charge. I'm going yes. out first. There's a big difference in those two people. Yeah. And so you've got to follow what, the one who says, I'm putting, yeah, doesn't happen anymore. That's what used to happen <laughs> in, in, in Medi. In- Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Feeling stuck in your current job? Looking for a career pivot? Are you a proven leader looking to step up? The University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business prepares students to meet challenges, solve problems, and obtain a profound understanding of how to operate in the modern economy. With MBA and MS programs offering flexible options to fit your lifestyle and goals. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more today at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired. Fearless. Unstoppable. In medieval times, the, the, the king actually used to go out on the battlefield. You know, mm-hmm. he was he was in the front. You know, and, and that's exactly. why so many of some of our, our kings and princes and such like have actually been killed in in conflict. You know, they've actually mm-hmm. they've actually died in battle. And you know that that was how people followed their leader. You know, they mm-hmm. they followed the exactly. flag. You know, and, yeah. and the flag of the king was was the thing that they followed. So now I want to go to the Battle of Hastings. <laughs> to right. Refresh us all on the Battle of Hastings because you the site of the battle we've got photos on of that up on your article on blendradioandtv.com yes. you you um so this is actually in battle. The the place is called Battle. I always thought it would be called Hastings yes. and actually one of our good friends his last name is Hastings. Go figure. All right. Wow. But he's Irish. Um, he's Irish. Oh, talk, yeah. Uh-oh. Talking, of, talking about <laughs> talking about that. Talking about that. I was um, I was driving this lady back um, from Cambridge this week, and I went via Ely, and I thought of my good friend and your good friend, Michael, um, as I went through Ely. Yeah, I thought, oh, there, I wonder how he's doing. It's, you know, wow. Michael's so, Michael's land. Michael Michael. Yeah. Healyville. Healyville. Exactly. And I, I, yeah. I, I thought of him. I thought of him. Anyway, mm. yes, the Battle of Hastings was. Um, if you look, if you look and learn about the, the Battle of Hastings and how it all happened, you'll see that basically one king died, and there were several people who thought they had a claim on the English throne. So um, they all sort of started fighting against each other. So it ended up between King Harold of England and King William of Normandy. And Harold had already had one battle up in Stamford Bridge, um, which is up mm. north of England, with one of the other claimants, or two of the other claimants. And he then had to 
traits all the way back down to the southern coast because William was coming across from Normandy with his army to put a claim in for the, the throne of England. So Harold arrived back near Hastings and the battle was fought on a field just outside Hastings. And then when William took over the kingdom, he founded an abbey uh, on the field, mm. on the field of battle, and he called it Battle Abbey. And there is now a town yeah, there, or a village, or I think it's a town actually called Battle. So, um, oh. you know, that's that's where it is. So although it is near Hastings, it's actually in a place called Battle. So um, there's there's no uh, there's no doubt as to where the battle was. It was in Battle. Oh my <laughs> quite, gosh, quite that's so wow. It's not funny because Battle's not funny, but I mean it's. It's like wow, you know, just to, it's it's literal, you know. How far is yes. battle from you in Norfolk? Um, I'm thinking probably three and a half hours. Oh, um, well, again, the nothing's other, that far. Of, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, it's the other side of London, so um, obviously a lot of time that you spend going to battle means going around London, which can can be a long time, depending on what the traffic's <laughs> like. Yeah, it's not far. It's not mm. far. But um, I, I actually took some people to battle. That was why I had the pictures. Um, we went to battle um, at the end of a tour. That I'd gone, I'd gone, took this couple all the way up to Edinburgh and then back down through, um, I can't remember where we came back down through now, through the Lake District and all the way down there. And then we mm. got back to London and they said, they said, can, can we have an extra day and can we go down to battle? So we went down to battle the next day. But that was uh, wow. that was quite interesting because although I'd been there, I've never actually been to the battlefield until that day. So that was quite good. Oh, wow, that's it, nice. It's interesting, you know, so you have a battlefield. We have battlefields in this country, and they almost all look the same, like Gettysburg. The battlefield looks just like your pictures. So, you know, what they do, go yeah. around scouting for, let's take this field well, over, it makes a good battleground, and they just go clean it up, cut down bushes it, so everybody can throw things at each well, other. No, it, what, or, I yeah. mean, I think Vietnam was one of the first times when there wasn't really battlefields, everybody's hiding in the forest and things. You know, that was different. Yeah. But I mean, it, I, I, think, I think what we've got to realize, especially with, with battle, um, is 1066. It's a long while ago. Hmm. Uh, a lot of things have happened. And the, the main reason for medieval battlefields being where they are and, and, and how they are, it's mainly to do with the lie of the land. So, so basically hmm. you'd have one, one group would probably hold the, the, the higher piece of land and they would then be approached from whichever direction by another group of people and if they've picked their position good it would normally be in a river basin so you've got a flat piece of ground and then you've got the people coming across the flat ground and you've got the people who are on top of the hill basically with the advantage of firing down on top of all these other people mm -hmm. on an open plain and and that seems to be the sort of the general thing is if you look at a battlefield, there's 
there's the two different factions where you've got one lot hold one piece of ground, the other lot hold another piece of ground, and they meet in the middle. Oh wow! So it's, and then um, yeah, yeah, and then they just it's, it's they, really they the do that thing where you just blow each other up or stab each other up. You know, you remember those well, marching days where they just marched towards each other, and that was that. Santa yeah. Anna. I don't. Was, yeah. yeah, it's horrible. He did that row after row, and they just kept. Killing each other. Yeah. You know? That was crazy. I yeah. feel, you know what I don't like is the horses, the horses in yeah. battle. I always feel like, they why, did, the horses why did we have to bring animals into this? You know, as human yeah. beings doing our thing. Yeah. Leave the horses be. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's the, how they got the camera. I know, there. I know, I know. But I think we went to battle. I, I It just, it looks so familiar to me. And it, it just, does. Even the names and everything, I'm like, I think we went there at some point when we were there. And for some reason, Glenn... I have a new new English food craving. <laughs> Uh-oh. All right. And cuz it is I'm, I don't know why I want to I think I've got the wrong name, but it's uh fruit pastels or was it fruit pasties? A pasty to me was like a pastry. Oh, no, no. It's fruit No, fruit pastels. P A S T I L E S. Pastels. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. So and why, lemon why have you suddenly do you remember them, do you? From Maybe your it's the champagne. It's the taste of the champagne. <laughs> but for some reason, Could I just, be. as you were talking, I am suddenly went, oh, my gosh, I have a craving. Well, <laughs> I just thing. have to say, I still don't like mushy peas. <laughs> no, gosh, the mushy no, peas. Mushy no, peas. me either. No. Yeah. Me either. Oh, man. That's no, like that's, that's, you know, it's it's a, a thing. But I still, the Mr. Whippy still is at the top there. But I don't know. You guys have some really good Crunchy sweets, bars. sweets as, as you say, yeah. not candy over here. But... Um, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. But listen, I want to do something. When we get to Kentucky, it's coming soon. In a few months, we will be in Kentucky and Abraham Lincoln land. And um, we're going to have to do some live broadcast together or something because I actually had a dream about this. I dreamt <laughs> that I went and photographed all the buildings that they have there, all the churches. Because Stephanie, Nancy, and I keep talking about this because every time you post photos, of Swanton Morley yes. and, and yes. Breckland area, we're like, yeah. these buildings like, yeah. are almost uh, to the T mm-hmm. the same as what's in Springfield. So I think we're going to go mm-hmm. and take a bunch of photos, and then we need to take your photos and match them up. Match them up. And, and see. I want to know what happened. Well, How did the, agri- uh, the architecture get there? Well, it, um, it's, it's unlikely that they're going to be the same, but they obviously m- sort of modeled things on the same sort of English churches because, you know, obviously most of our churches are medieval, but um, obviously people who left England would have had the ideas of churches being what they've got on their own doorstep. Mm. You know, so, it, it, you know, it could have been the ar- even the architects who went over and built them churches could have been English people and that's what a church looks like. You know, when mm. I, whenever I think yeah. of a church, I think of a church, you know, like I've got in my village, that's a church. I, you know, when I when I go to uh, when we was in Canada, for instance, the churches that we saw in Canada were similar in a way because they had a nave and a tower, but they mm. were all made of wood. Well, mm. our churches are not made of wood; they're made of stone, but they were roughly the same sort of ground plan, and you know, they they sort of served the same purposes, but. <laughs> They were only about 100 years old, whereas our churches are up to 1,000, 1,100, 1,200 years old. You know, the church 
the church that I got married in was well is, is definitely pre-Norman. So it's it's before mm. 1066. You know, a lot of it is, is Saxon. So it's, it's wow. over a thousand years old. You know, whereas these ones that's in Canada amazing. are only probably a hundred. <laughs> you know, and we, we, that's amazing because we go around buildings here and we're like, oh, this was done in 1820. <laughs> you know, and you're like, this yeah. is amazing. It's so old. Except for when we get into old architecture, it's, it's really going into the Native American cliff dwellings. You know, and right. I mean, we're talking thousands of years ago, and it's like, wow, they're yes. up in, in the hills. They're living in the cave, up, 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 you know, and going down, and they would farm way down at the bottom and have to bring everything all the way back up in these cliffs, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, to me, yes. is where, yes. that that's the only, that's how close we get. To that's what they did just, for their day, though, yeah. go down to the creek and bring the water they were back fit. up. That was their day. They were very fit. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, yes, yeah. I think they were. Wow, wow. Well, Glenn, are you ready for a champagne toast? It's time. We got to play champagne toast. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's we got to cue the music. Nancy she's left a little bit left in the bottle there, so we can we can spread it around. <laughs> I'm very efficient. So this is family tradition for our new listeners. Champagne Sundays is really the flagship of our radio shows where we said, well, if we're going to do this radio show, we're going to do it on a Sunday while we're raising our glass of champagne and toasting to something good. It's about gratitude. It's about being happy. And no, you do not need champagne. It could be water. It could be nothing. It's just really about taking that moment. And so, Nancy, since it's still your birthday week or month, and you're mo- oh. the mother, and you've got the champagne, and I don't, <laughs> uh, why didn't why didn't you tell us what your toast is? Okay, and I I had to do this because Glenn's on the show. This is um, British Sandwich Week. <laughs> oh, the Earl, the Earl of Sandwich. It goes from today to the 25th of May. And it, I guess the British Sandwich Association, which I never knew there was that, they thought this up and have been celebrating it for years. And it is John, uh, Lord John Montague, the Earl of Sandwich. Apparently the story is he was gambling. He yes. didn't want to leave his card game and told his his servant to go make you know, some vegetables and meat in between two slices of bread. And there became the sandwich. So and that's, that's pretty cool, and you know, I had to toast to it because on this tour, somehow it seems that's all we live that's on. All we eat. Sandwiches and salads. Yep, there's nothing wrong with that. So I toast to the sandwich. There you go. Okay, so Glenn, toast do you know sandwich. where he? Yeah, it, does the Earl of Sandwich have a home in England that you know about? We need. It's some, in Sandwich. It's, so you actually have a sandwich town. <laughs> the, the yeah, there's a place called Sandwich. Are you serious? That's yes. where the Lord came from. Oh, where he was there. So yeah. we're back to the name this, thing this, again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. it's a name. It's a name. Oh my God. I think it's in Kent. That's wild. Per- oh. hang, hang on, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying oh, to find if it's in Kent. Yeah, it's in Kent. Well, that's not far from you. No, well, actually, we're going down there on holiday um, week after next. We're going down to Kent. And then we're going to have a day oh. trip to France. Oh, well, a day trip to France? Oh, you do that channel thing, right? Yeah, just hop across on a boat. Because the, um, I've, I've just 
tell you this. Um, it was my big birthday this year, so the children decided they would buy me uh, a holiday with with them. So I don't know whether whether that's right, actually, because I'm getting a holiday, and, and they bought me a holiday, but they're going as well. So Oh, come on. <laughs> so you know lovely. you prefer cool. that. I know you prefer that's going cool. with, with, with It is. And your family's growing, and it's like, hey, well, happy exactly. birthday again, Glenn. Yeah, yeah. See, it's, it's cool. It's a, <laughs> You need to have, you see, and then from the Earl of Sandwich, he creates the sandwich, and then from there, we got layered cake. <laughs> well, exactly. A Victoria That's sandwich. All cake is, yeah, it's, it's a sweet sandwich. Well, it's, it's also National Devil Food Cake Day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it is. It's Devil Food Cake Day. Yeah. Food Cake Day. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, Glenn, what are you toasting to? I'm hungry now. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not toasting to food. Um, okay. We've already mentioned him, actually. We've already mentioned him because I think um, I think I've got to uh, to toast to young Archie Harrison Mountbatten oh. Windsor because wow, he's wow. Uh, he's the new the new kid on the block, and um, I just wish him all the luck in the world. Oh, me too. I think yeah, that's me awesome. too. And I like that he's Archie, you know. Because yes. it's, it's, it's cute. It's, and I feel like all in the family, I want to go, Archie. Oh, Archie. Did you ever get to see that in England, all in the family, the American comedy stuff, or no? No, I can't remember that. Yeah. it's mm. Well, it, 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 I'm sorry, but still nothing takes away Hyacinth's bouquet. She still wins. Yes. <laughs> I still yeah. Win. I still, I, she's the queen. She really is. She wanted she to is. be queen. She would be. Oh, she would she make did. a great queen. I know, and she'd said, "Richard, mind the mind, mind the soldiers, <laughs> mind the soldiers." <laughs> you know, they went to war. Well, my toast. Um, <laughs> mind the bows and arrows. Yeah, I just want to say I read this article that Harvard did this study, and you know we're all part of the one-hour walk group on Facebook, and England. You post awesome things, and I love to see it from England. You know the one-hour walks and. Um, yeah. I found this article, Harvard Medical did this study about what a benefit of a one-hour walk is. If you take a one-hour walk a day, it will help curb your sweet tooth, and I don't think it's working because now, <laughs> like, I take a Snickers bar with you. <laughs> no, I, want, I, want, I want a Mars bar okay. now. Okay, so anyway, it's not working. But um, my toast today is to marine biologist Sylvia Earle. And I did not know about her, and she's famous and done all these things. And a friend of ours, Rondi, posted this video about her up on Facebook. So toast to Rondi because I know she likes her champagne too. Mm -hmm. But um, this lady spent 7,000 hours underwater. She was born in in 1935, a day before me, August 30th, just saying when we talk about birthdays. Uh, 7,000 hours underwater. Actually, her and a team of other women stayed underwater for two weeks. Wow. Okay, just to see the effects of your health, and all of that. Um, She led nearly 700 scientific expeditions and spent her life fighting to defend the ocean. Uh, She she is an explorer, an author, a lecturer. She's been a National Geographic explorer in residence since 1998. She was the first female chief scientist of the U.S. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, a time when we need to continue to look at science. Hello. Um, Mm -hmm. And she was named by Time Magazine as its first hero for the planet in 1998. She is also part of the group Ocean Elders, which is dedicated to protecting the ocean and its wildlife. And when cool. you watch this, uh, I put the, the video thing up on our Facebook group. So if you go to Big Blend Magazines on Facebook, look under our groups, Positive People for Peace and the Planet. Um, watch this video. Just type it in Facebook or just find this video. It is so 
amazing. And this was, you know, you think about what they were doing in the 70s underwater. She was one of the first people who, when they went underwater, these women living underwater realized they were the first people to realize um, about pollution on our coral reef. Mm -hmm. So I toast to her. There it is. Mm -hmm. That's it. See, we got good women out there. We're still not learning, are we? No. Well, some are and some aren't. No, we just keep going. You, you know, know, we have we to just, just have keep to going. Keep pushing. You if, know, if you don't, yeah, we just got to keep pushing and because, keep showing. And um, but it's amazing, man. And I think, did people go diving, Glenn, in England? Because I remember it being a little chilly, getting in the water. <laughs> a little cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they 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 do, but it's 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 not. <laughs> It's it's only for the really really hard people, you know. It's not for yeah. it's not for the soft people like me. I wouldn't uh, yeah. I wouldn't do it. Let's see. They invented like a heat a heated wetsuit. I know, I know that would be great. Well, Gwen, always a pleasure having you on the show. And at some point, we're yes, gonna we're gonna have to do the Love Your Park tour in England. And um, so visit Breckland. What's the best website for everyone to discover that? Uh, if you just put in visitbreckland.org.uk. Okay, so visit Breckland, um, beautiful forest. It's a good time of year to get out in the forest out there. And then well, also, everyone, uh, keep up with Glenn. It's norfolk-tours.co.uk. He is also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, so keep up with him there. He's always posting little videos um, of you know all these amazing ruins and churches, and you just see all these flowers, and makes you want to go to England for sure. So Norfolk-Tours.co.uk, and again, his articles about uh, the uh, the royal family and being on the front lines is up on Blend Radio and TV.com. You'll see Glenn in our expert department, and from there, you'll see all his different articles and interviews. And it is also in the summer issue of Big Blend Radio and TV magazine coming out next week. So I think it's time. To pour the champagne, and that's the song we're going to play now. It's from John Jan Close. I say Jan. Um, Jan Close is J A N N K L O S E. Sing that song. I know. <laughs> you close. almost close. did it. <laughs> um, off of his brand new album called In Tandem, we're going to play Pour the Champagne. It's a perfect song for this show, and uh, this single from the album will be available on Spotify on May 24th. So go to J A N N K L O S E JanClose.com. Thanks so much for joining us, Glenn, and champagne toast to you. Yeah. Yeah, thanks a lot. Speak to you soon. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. You take care. I hear you talk about the future And how it's supposed to be I watch you paint a picture What will be, will be You worry about tomorrow You lost in yesterday Keep it in the moment We only got today We got here, we got now If you want me to stay Don't save it for a rainy day Let's break out the crystal Pour the champagne Pour the champagne Making funny faces I do what you do Imaginary places I visit them with you Don't ever fight a feeling It's just a part of you I found your heart up on your sleeve 
my point 